Just so parents know, we're doing some remodeling in the back of the church. So for the summer, the kids are going to be upstairs. So if you go to the back today to get your child and they're not there, they're still here. You still have to get them. You got to find them. They're upstairs. But you'll see people just go up the stairs and follow the noise and you will find them. So today we're going we're gonna to watch a video in just a moment. It's a very short video. I like to preface that and let you know, don't get comfortable. This is just like a minute and a half. Or, but before we do that, I want you to know what we're talking about this morning. This morning we're going to talk about the authority of the world. Last time I got to preach a couple weeks ago, we talked about the authority of Scripture within the believing body of Christians. Today we're going to talk about the authority of this earth and then the conquering authority. And I like to always give the point. So the point of where we're going today is the world is blinded by the authority of the evil one. How are we to respond? This video I'm going to show you is a little bit of a lead-in to tonight's talk that we're going to share. It is in Tel Aviv, Israel. It's a 15-minute video. We're watching a minute and a half. I would have showed you this video had I not been doing a presentation tonight anyway. Every time I watch this video, I struggle to hold in tears. It absolutely destroys my heart because I've seen it happen too many times. So if you're able to see it, great. If not, I know we kind of got an awkward angle there, but you'll get to hear it. So if we can go ahead and play that, and then we'll go into our scriptures. Uh, who is Jesus to you? Oh, that's a hard question. The cousin. I don't know. Okay. I guess uh, for me it's nothing. Okay. It's, I guess it's someone for people who consider themselves Christian, but for me it's nothing. Okay. Uh, I'll, now I'll explain why I asked that specific okay. question. People outside of Israel who are Christians, very religious, um, they um, don't really understand how Jews live in the land. This is my impression. They don't understand how Jews live in the land where Christianity was born and don't know much or follow Christianity. So, so they, they, they ask me who, to ask Israelis, who is Jesus for them? What is Jesus? Why don't they believe in Jesus? Uh, I, lo I don't look at Israeli as Jewish state. I look at it as a country that I've been born. And okay. I love it because I grew up here and I love the people and I got used to it, let's face it. Mm -hmm. But I don't look at this country as something religious because thank God it's, it's going the other direction now. Yeah. I'm not religious at all. Okay, so you're not religious, so... Yeah, I, yeah. I, I do have a lot of family that they are, but I'm not religious. Okay. The amount of times I've sat at my desk and cried at that video. Who is Jesus? She said, for me, he's no one. Just let that resonate. No one. Not a contemplation. Not even a choice. No one. And that breaks me. And this isn't an Israel thing. This is a global thing. How many people this morning, when you ask them, who is Jesus? The answer is no one. Let's get into our scriptures. Let's pray before we do that. Lord, it's heartbreaking, truly, to be faced with those words that for this young lady in Tel Aviv, Jesus is no one. 
Lord, I pray that that be imprinted in my mind every moment of every day. But Lord, this is why we go forward. This is why we proclaim. This is why we set our lives at stake for your gospel. So that the world may one day proclaim, Jesus is everything. So Lord, open our hearts as we move into a time of scripture and reading. And bless our time together, Lord, and convict our hearts. And we pray this in the holiness of your name, Jesus. Amen. Today we're going to be in Luke. So if you've been going to your Sunday school class, you know that just a couple weeks ago in Luke, we went through the temptation of Christ. Do y'all remember doing that? Yes? Do y'all remember doing that? Y'all know I like volume, and I'll just walk around, and we'll, we'll do this. We went through it, and it's, it's a good thing to look at the temptations of Christ. But we're going to focus in on something excuse me, that is very easy to look past. In Luke chapter 4, verses 5 and 6, that's on page 1021. I'm going to go through a lot of verses today, which is not something I typically do, but they're going to be very necessary to where we're going this morning. But I am going to give you page numbers. So, just a heads up. Use your Bible, use any Bible, but it is going to be easy if you grab that pew Bible in front of you. So, Luke chapter 4, verses 5 and 6. And Jesus answered him. Jesus is responding to Satan at the temptation. It is written, man shall not live by bread alone. And the devil took him and showed him all the kingdoms of the world in a moment in time and said to him, to you I will give this authority. And their glory, for it has been delivered to me to give to whom I will. Satan is making an offer to Jesus now. And that offer is going to come in verse 7 where it says, If you but bow down and worship me. But Satan is offering something here. Have you ever noticed this? What is Satan offering? Something that's already Jesus. We can just end. You got it. But yes, he's offering something of authority right? But notice what comes after that. For it has been delivered to me to give to whom I will. Now, one very popular Christian thought that's been around since the earliest philosophers is the ideal of dualism, is that that God and Satan are in a boxing rink and duking it out. And just like Rocky and Apollo, they exchange blows until Jesus appears victorious in the final hour with a black eye. That's incorrect. That is a heresy. That's a heresy because God has no one that can stand against him. You can oppose him. Good luck. There is no standing against him. There's a song that I love by a band called O Sleeper. And in the, in the verse it says, this is God talking to Satan, you'll bow at my feet or I'll rip out your knees. In case you didn't know, that's a metal song, so that's good stuff. And I love that line, but it's not accurate. You don't get a choice to bow at the feet of Jesus. You will bow. So to go, I withhold, is not an option. To take that one step further, there's a very popular English actor. I do not remember his name. He was in the movie Sherlock Holmes. He plays Sherlock's brother. If you know the name, nope. That was, that was uh, Watson, but Watson's a good character. It was the brother, but that was, thank you. I appreciate the help. I really do. Uh, I don't remember the guy's name, but he's a very famous atheist in England. And when asked, why do you take this stand against God? 
And he replied, well, he was quoting another philosopher, not enough evidence. And the reporter asked him, what would you say if you come face to face with God? And this guy, in the deepest sense of arrogance I think I've ever heard, said, I would say to God, how dare you? I'd have have done that if I'd have been the reporter, right? Because that's the arrogance of this earth. So what we see happening in Luke is Satan is offering authority that has been temporarily given to him. Now, that's a sermon right there. That's not the sermon for today, but that's a sermon. Because if you ever ask the question, why does God allow evil to exist? This is the verse you go to to continue to be frustrated. Okay? We can unpack that at a different time. Come see me. We'll have coffee. I would love to talk to you about that. But we see a temporary allowance of God allowing Satan to have authority over this world. Do we understand that? Do we agree with this? This is what has happened. This is not repeated. This is not said once. This is repeated multiple, multiple times. So as we look at the authority of the evil one and what that means, let's ask, what is the impact of Satan's authority over the earth? I mean, we can do the easy one, right? What month is it? Pride month. It's also June. It's also my birthday, and Mrs. Crosby and I are turning 40 this year. We're very excited about that, and so she more than myself. It's Pride Month. What has Satan's authority done to this earth? Some of you may not know that Israel hosts the second largest pride parade on the face of the planet. And I'm not up here beating up on that issue today, because quite honestly, that's the one that floats to the top in a cesspool of sin. Okay, that one's not any worse than any of the other sins in that bucket. It's honestly the brightest colored and the loudest one, right? So that's how I, that's why I referenced that today. But if you flip in your Bibles to page 1159, for those that don't have the Pew Bible, it's Ephesians chapter 2, verses 1 through 3. Let's get there together. I love hearing pages being turned. Don't hear that a lot anymore. What we see in chapter 2 of Ephesians. And you were dead in the trespasses and sins of which you once walked, following the course of this world, following the prince of the power of the air. The spirit is now at work in the sons of disobedience, among whom we all once lived as in the passions of the flesh, carrying out the desires of the body and mind, and were by nature children of wrath, like the rest of mankind. So, what impact has Satan's authority had on this earth? We are by now nature, through nature, children of wrath. Have you thought of that? It's, it's easy to sit on the Christian side of life and look at a world that's very evil and become very frustrated, Right? I mean, have you gone a full day without seeing something that didn't frustrate you recently? I'd do good to get through an hour, right? I mean, like that's an hour if I sit by myself and don't think. Because yeah, my thoughts of myself will make me frustrated. But we're in a world that's constantly laying out evil authority before us. And it is so easy to get wrapped up in frustration, right? Have you gone to downtown Stanton recently? little frustrating. 
You know what frustrates me the most is how sin always partners with sin. I don't just see, and I'm, again, I'm going to pick at the, the pride flag. Again, one of many things. I don't just see that. I see a Hindu statue with it. Or I don't just see a Buddhist statue. I see, you know, equality. God loves all, all the time and you're accepted bumper stickers. And don't even get me going on bumper stickers. Like, it's amazing I haven't accidentally rear-ended someone in frustration. They should, not put frustration, they should not put bumper stickers on the backs of cars. It should be on the sides. That way I can look at you. Because I want to see what you look like because I'm curious. Because I need to know to have a mental picture of who I'm praying for. Because bumper stickers aggravate me to death and drive me to a deep place of prayer. And Paul tells us that, these, that the world, humanity, is under the authority of evil. You're born into it right? It's a natural part of who you are, and we get frustrated when we see it. Like, let's be honest for a minute. When's the last time you got really frustrated at a sinner being a sinner? Anybody done that recently? Like, within the last 48 hours? I saw some reluctant hands, like some, like, I'm not going past the shoulder hands. We see it, right? We do it. But are they not acting within their nature, right? Do you get mad at a cat when it meows? I do, because I don't like cats, but I heard yes from Kendall. Me and Kendall both don't like cats and get mad when they meow. I was, I was um, staying at my in-law's house the other night, and the neighbor is a sheepdog, and it barked all night. And I'm like, I don't know what is out there this dog needs to be barking at, and I'm angry at this dog, because doesn't that dog understand I'm sleeping? It's dark. He should be sleeping. Guard duty. Take turns. Go watch the Aristocats. There's a system to do this, <laughs> right? And they're not following the system. And, but I kind of woke up and started thinking, it's the dog's nature, right? The dog is doing what the dog does. The cat is doing what the cat does. The mouse that eats whatever's in your house is doing what the mouse does. And yet, we understand a natural flow of what nature does. And while it frustrates us, you probably don't have a vendetta against all mice, dogs, and cats, Maybe you do. I will tell you if you don't know, I have a massive vendetta against Siamese cats. And it has everything to do with Lady and the Tramp. I know it's two Disney movies reference. And if you sing that song to me, there is a very high likelihood that I may hit you. Because it, it is a mental scar in me somewhere. So I'm just letting you know, it's not funny. Don't do that. And I will get you back. Okay, that will happen. But the point is in all of this is humanity is doing what humanity is bred into doing. And I'm afraid, and I'm going to repeat that multiple times. I didn't forget. I'm repeating it on purpose. I'm afraid as believers, we've lost the ability to be empathetic to a time before we knew Christ. So what authority is the world under? Flip over to 2 Corinthians. If you've got your pew Bible, it's 1147. Just a few pages back from Galatians. In 2 Corinthians, chapter 4, verse 4. In their case, the God of this world has blinded the minds of the unbelievers to keep them from seeing the light of the gospel, the glory of Christ who is the image of God. I go out of my house and I hurt. Do you hurt for those 
that are so far from the glory of Christ. It breaks me. I look at them and I go, of course you're doing that. Of course you're marching, being loud, posting on social media, putting the bumper stickers on, raising the flags, doing all kinds of evil. Of course you're doing that because you're blinded to the glory of who God is. And so many times we as believers look at that as a war to wage against a people that are blinded by who is control over this earth, the authority that Satan has. And guys and gals, we are wrong. They are not our enemy. Satan is our enemy. They are blinded, truly blinded. Do you ever turn the light off in your house and walk around? I do this. I play this silly game where if I were to go blind today, I know where all my stuff is, right? So I'll get up in the middle of the night and I will intentionally... First of all, turning on lights in the middle of the night, that's just psychopath stuff to me. Like, you're asleep. You should never turn the light back on, right? I, just, I can't do that. So I'll walk around. I'm like, okay, this cup should be here. It's eight steps here. And I, I've got it mapped out. Like, I'm prepared should something go sideways. And I have, even though I'm blinded, I can't see, I know what's supposed to be there. These people, humanity, is blinded and does not understand the glory of Christ that's always been there. Mainly because we don't do a great job of showing them. We do a great job of fighting, right? If you've ever had any doubt how good Christians are at fighting, go read about the Crusades. And there wasn't just the one. We had several of them, and we tried to have a last one that didn't work out all that well. We are good at defending our faith, which is a healthy thing to defend our faith. But who are we defending it against? Who is the actual enemy? And where is our love as we address this actual enemy? And we respond so heavily with so much anger and so much frustration and we're, we're right to be angry and frustrated, but misdirected. I'm angry and frustrated at what you don't know. How many times, if you have children, if you know a child, if you've got a spouse and they got a spouse, whatever, that you had this expectation of what they ought to know and you failed to communicate that. And then when they went through what you thought they ought not to do and they did it, but you didn't tell them not to do it and then they did it, then you got mad at them for doing it. How well does that work out? Short answer is it doesn't. It's a failed expectation of an ex expectation that was never stated. And here we are on a hill, tight together, surrounded by a world, broken by the authority of the evil one. Now, I will conclude when that time comes with ultimate authority as Christ's. So I want you to know that we're coming to Matthew 28. But around us today is so much sorrow because they're far from a holy God. I want to share with you a quote. My favorite, favorite philosopher, medieval philosopher, but philosopher altogether is Anselm. And he's from Canterbury. And he wrote a book called The Proslagon. If you've not read it, buy it. It's like three bucks. You will love this book. And this is what he says. O pitiful lot of man, since he has lost that for which he was made. Oh, how hard and horrible that fall. Alas, what he lost and what he came upon. What withdrawal withdrew and what remained. 
he lost the blessedness for which he was made. And he came upon a pitifulness on account of which he was not made. That withdrawal without which there is nothing happy. And that remained that which in and of itself is pitiful. I am imploring you to the scriptures today to consider what Christ has done in your life and consider the brokenness around us and how we are to respond to that brokenness. If you go, we're going to go to another scripture, page 1,213. It is 1 John chapter 5. And if you don't catch a lot of these, because I'm on, I'm on the clock so I can only go at a certain pace, just see me afterwards. I'm happy to give you all the scripture references. 1 John chapter 5, verse 19. We know that we are from God, and the whole world lies at the power of the evil one. I am being very repetitive this morning, and it is by design. Pastor Andy told me this week, for people to get it, you have to tell them seven times. So if you're counting, I don't know how many that is, but I can promise you there's a few more left to get to seven. They are bound, broken, tied to the God of this world without having seen the glory of Christ. Now, we know that. Right? You know that. I'm not blowing your mind with new information this morning. I'm not dragging you through Greek, through Hebrew, through scholars of days gone by. We're not doing that. This morning's message is a very, very simple message, but a very, very necessary reminder as this is something that we all deal with. And some deal with it more than others. I guarantee you, those that get up and go to work, you work with someone who's blinded by the God of this world. I don't, but I'm a rare exception. Right? I got one chuckle out of that. I'm a pastor here, so I don't work with people blinded by the God of this world. Thank God. But you probably do. You probably have someone in your family that's blinded by the God of this world. And I wonder if we had to measure out our lives, how many minutes did we spend complaining versus how many minutes we spent in prayer? The more embarrassing stat How many minutes did we stand arm in arm with them sharing who Christ was? It's difficult, right? Is it difficult? Do y'all have a hard time with that? Do y'all have a hard time with it? Just like shake your head violently if you don't want to say yes out loud. There we go. It's hard. And we recognize that this is hard. But we have to truly come to a place of understanding the, the absolute blinding power of Satan. We're going to look at one more scripture. It's Colossians chapter 2 verse 13 through 15. That's 1,169 in your pew Bible. And what we see here in Colossians verse 13 in chapter 2. And you who were dead in your trespasses and uncircumcised in your flesh... God made alive together with him, having forgiven us of our trespasses, the record of debt that stood against us, its legal demands. This is set aside, having been nailed to the cross. We operate every day for those of us that are in Christ under the righteousness that is imparted upon us through Christ's work on the cross and resurrection, right? You have a reason for getting up in the morning. That alone is your reason for getting up in the morning. 
if for no other thing, that alone is what drives us to know we have had grace imparted on us, not by anything we've done. You didn't earn this. You didn't do anything for this. Christ did it all. There was a band in the 90s, and the band's name was Live. They wrote a song called Selling the Drama. And in that song, this is not a Christian band, but the theology I'm getting ready to share to you just blows my mind. It says, and to Christ the cross, and to me the chair, I will sit and earn the ransom from up here. My best efforts fall short. My best efforts are brokenness before Christ. But I get the ransom, the glory. All gets imparted to me through who Christ is. That's the good news. That's the gospel, right? Right. Y'all got to be more excited. If you're not excited about that, boy, you're not going to like the next five minutes. Is that not exciting? Is that not your reason for being in this building today? And to think... More people don't know that than know that. More people cry out, Jesus is no one, than cry out, Jesus is my everything. And we sit in our frustration looking at them, and we have to get to a place where we go arm in arm with the broken to say, you don't understand the death. Think of it like this. The most morbid thing I can think of is buying your grave plot ahead of time and going out there and standing on it. Now, some of you have probably done that. My dad's done that. My mom, they went and they went, yep, plenty of room. This feels good. Y'all ever done that? They really have done that. Like, I dare say my dad's laid down on it. I don't know. Don't hold me to that one. But without Christ, you're standing in a dug grave. It's just a matter of time before the earth gets rolled over you. And the moment that that happens, you punch an eternity ticket for which there is no return. Brothers, sisters, we have got to cry out and we have got to do it through Matthew 28 where Jesus says what? What does he say? All authority on heaven and earth has been given to me. We live and serve an authoritative God who has conquered evil, not that it could resist his conquering anyway. We get to wake up every day knowing that the bloodshed of Christ is over us and we get to live a life based on the fact that Christ has forgiven us. He has blessed us with salvation. I'm going to give you one more quote because it just popped into my head. There was a song that came out around 2000. It was Bon Jovi. They put out a song. I think it's called Live My Life. And in that song, he says, you know, it's my life. It's now or never. I'm not going to live forever. It's my life. This that we have is Christ's life that he imparts upon us. It's not mine. My brokenness is worthless. But if I am to truly live, which is the point of that song, it can only be through the redemptive work of Christ. And if we agree, to which I know we do, that Christ is fully a redemptive God and has forgiven us, then we must take the step into a world bound by Satan. Because Satan has not conquered this earth. Christ has. Satan is allowed to move freely for a moment. 
for a minute. And if you, there's verses that go on to say it is but a time. Jesus, when he's in the garden, says it's a minute. Or I think he says hour. It is only for an hour. Brothers and sisters, the hour is damning to the world. While we sit and get the redemptive aspect of forgiveness every moment. And thank God for that. I'm asking you to walk out today to go to neighbors, brothers, and sisters. And I'm not talking like go knock on the door. I mean, if you feel led to do that, do that. But how are we to to respond to a world so evil by recognizing the authority of Christ? My brother Brad right here has been, you've had some persecution. You've had some crazy things happen to you. You've shared some stories with me sitting in front of an abortion clinic It's not fun, is it? It's not comfortable. I've got a guy beat me up, spit on me, cuss me out, and threaten to kill me. That wasn't fun. I've had better days. I can think of about a million things that I enjoyed more than that. But I thank God that the Holy Spirit is in me so deep that we get to be a part of the authoritative kingdom of Christ on this earth so that we see the triumph of evil that is allowed for the hour. I'm asking you today to be in prayer for those that have fallen blindly the ways of evil. They don't know they're caught. They're in a trap. They don't know how big the room is. The lights are off. We must pray because all authority on heaven and earth has been given to Christ. Let's pray now. And then we're going to sing a song. If you want to come up and pray, I would love for you to come up and pray. But please pray for those that don't know Christ. Please. It's what we are bound to do. If you don't know Christ, you are blinded. And you can say, well, Stephen, that's harsh. Yep. No one's ever accused me of being gentle. I will be harsh with you and say, if you don't know Christ, if you do not bend the knee to the authority, then you are in the darkness and blindness of the authority of this earth, which is Satan himself. And he will drag you to hell, kicking and screaming whether you believe it or not. It does not matter what you believe because all authority on heaven and earth has been given to Christ and it is contained in this book. So let's go to the Lord in prayer. Father, we thank you that we know your authority, that we get to be a part of a kingdom that sees your glory. Father, they don't know. It truly breaks my heart to hear he's no one. Lord, so many people cry out that Jesus is no one. I'll live my life my way. Lord, through your blessing, open their eyes. May we be bound to them. May we be stacked with them. May these people, so many, invade our lives into a discomfort until we continuously share your holiness with them. May we have no rest from those that don't know you because, Lord, we are bound through your authority to share who you are. Open our hearts every moment that we no longer go out into the world with our own troubles. That rather we go out into the world and we see the troubles of the world, not our own temporary frustrations. Bend our hearts to your will. Open our mouths to your great glories. 
And may your words be forever implanted on our heart. And may we be willing to give it all for your namesake. In Jesus' name.